back to our reading. I hate this microphone. I Poetry night rings through. You can't call people cookie lady. That's true. Oh, thank you for bringing cookies. I've eaten four. I ate two at once like a little sandwich. Ladies and gentlemen, birds, would you please welcome to our stage Antonia Lassar. Dear future self, around age 45. Hey, girl! Listen, we've got a lot to talk about, but I'm just going to jump right in. I hope you are even hotter than I am now. Truly, I'm fine with this level of hotness, and we know the guys are too. Can I get a hey, future self? (laughs) But really, if I could, you know, just get progressively hotter in the way that lobsters get progressively bigger and never stop getting hot slash big until I die on an ocean floor or in the arms of a wealthy New Englander. That would be great. And future me, I still throw pennies in fountains, so I know you do too. So I need you to grow up into what you used to be because I've recently entered this pit of soggy cigarette stubs we call adulthood and no one warned me about dancing in nightclubs no one warned me that boys can kiss without loving no one taught me how to do that too so future me around age 45 i need you to dream about kissing boys like you used to when your third grade crush cast Kaplan was the only face to dance with you, and neither of you knew how to break one another yet. Future me, I hope you found love. I hope you give love. I hope you still bleed love for all the right things. I hope you still scream, because too many people brush me off as a young adult with passion. As if that's not something to be afraid of. Future me, I hope you're still dousing your words in kerosene and setting them on fire because let's be honest what else is there to do and everyone tells me keep this passion don't get jaded always be surprised by the way your feet feel on the floor every morning well listen i have plans world changing earth shifting clean water every morning guns are nothing more than doorstops a good night kiss on every forehead spreading plans and telling a 22 year old not to get jaded is the most laughably ineffectual piece of non-action offered to my cause because by the time you 45 year old self are walking around in that slamming body of yours I know you will have Spider-Man and Superman and Wonder Woman the smiles onto 
five billion faces because that's a predicted population for 2035. And perhaps my bravado still strikes you as the ignorant infallibility of a young adult yet to suffer gravity and time. But future self, I'm publicly saying all of this now because when I was eight, my mom was my superhero. But now I'm older, and she's fallible. And so all I have to look up to is you, future self. And I still think you are going to be capable of fixing the world every time you lace up your sneakers and go outside. I'm a little lost for heroes right now, and you're all I have left. Love, Antonia. My heart has started to stamp like the herds. I breathe this air, but my eyes open like passports. The cover says America, but has Africa stamped on every page. My mother escaped South African apartheid when I was just an idea. But in elementary school, when pictures of Africa didn't look like me, I couldn't understand why African-American and black had to mean the same thing. And so I moved back to my mother's continent, and now my DNA is woven in strings of African beads, but I still can't escape the first-look-only comparisons from kids and the adults who act like them, that I don't look African. And I have to ask what they mean by African. If they mean my skin won't burn, then I'm wearing sunscreen, not African. If they expect to see a Maasai warrior, a child soldier, an elephant, then I expect all Americans should look like Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> if they mean black, they're right. Africa isn't a skin color, it's black. Africa is our pupils, the way they will always open to the world no matter how much dust the wind blows at them. Being African is like sweat on a glass of water. It doesn't depend on the color of the cup, but on the temperature of what's inside. Still, newspapers spell the word Africa and assume one culture, one language, one problem. The biggest problem facing Africa is people thinking it really is like our pupils. Just empty space. I can be Africa. You can see me. And sometimes I will sound like drums. And sometimes like... But sometimes you can barely hear me over the rain and we both fear I may be washed away. I mold my hands into the shape of my continent, not to keep you from my borders, but to show you how much like clay we all are. Don't worry about the Africans. Love the humans. When the first human was born, it didn't know enough to call itself African, but it hasn't stopped crying since, and you can blame it on famine or war or the fallout of capitalism, but Africa isn't suffering. It's reminding you what your birth sounded like. Hello, Bellingham Poetry Night. It is awesome to be here. 
I'm Antonia Lassar. I baked you cookies because I love you. I am thrilled to be here. I am here at the approval of Cass Kaplan, who I mentioned in the first poem as my third grade crush. He finally found out about that poem and, and accepts it for what it is. So I just thought I should share that with you, that he knows too. They say you'll be fine if you carry a flamethrower or a great white shark or a Skittles bag that you rig to be a grenade launcher if you don't walk home alone, if you use the buddy system, if you don't act stupid. People react like a picture book when you tell them about rape. Faces drawn in a cliché and a moral. I've heard you should have just kicked him and run. I've heard it's been a while. Don't you think it's time to get over this? And when I say I forgive him because for all my pain, he hurts worse than I ever will. I've heard don't forgive him. He deserves your hate. Please stop telling me how to say the word I. It's the only word that means something different for every person who says it. It's my glass that broke. Don't think you can pick it up without getting cut. Don't you realize I will never hold water as well as I used to? I'm pale, but I'm not a white flag. I have red hair, but I'm not a stop sign. I can yell, but I guess I wasn't dying loud enough. I know people want rape to be preventable. The assurance that with the right locks, the door will never open. But sometimes you don't realize who you're locking in with you. You can tell me all rape is preventable when you can hand me the vaccine. I grew up washing my hands, locking all the windows, getting flu shots, and doing yoga. In my world, everything is preventable. You don't catch rape like a cold. You can't take vitamins. You can't use Purell. If you could, don't you think I would have? If I could be lightning, I would. If I could rig my body with every explosive that's ever ripped somebody's face off, I would. If I could keep my pain out of your life, out of respect to you, I would. But I broke. And now I can't stop leaking. thing is, if I don't touch it, it'll be okay. okay. For all the soccer lessons and late night pool with my father, I have never been great at making things roll. I crash every bike I try to ride. My picture is on the wall of Miami go-karts and adventures as the worst driver they have ever seen. I can't roll my R's. My only real talent in that area is kicking pebbles. I can kick a pebble for supernatural lengths of sidewalk. Is it blasphemous to call myself the Jesus of pebble kicking if it's true? He walked on water. I kicked a pebble for 11 blocks. 
You can applaud later. But really, for all my precision, my intensive training rituals, for every patch of gravel when I wasn't even sure which was my pebble, among all the others, for even after 11 blocks of love, the pebble will always go astray. And just as I pray that that pebble that I loved for 11 full blocks is rolling down some grassy hill of paradise, I know my mother is also praying that I've stayed clear of gutters and manholes and any variety of pebble-eating dog. Because though I've only ever raised kittens, I'm pretty sure parenting happens over 11 perfect city blocks until the idiosyncrasies in your child meet the idiosyncrasies of the road and they fly in the exact opposite direction of your kick. And so, though I rarely look at life from the ground, Mom, all I ask is that you keep kicking me as far as you can. But I have the feeling I've already disappeared somewhere in the long grass across the street, so all I can do is beg. As you use your feet for more important things, stop by my patch of grass. Give me a glance. Let me feel safe in your shadow again until some new kick takes me to new roads and probably, most likely, but not definitely, no other foot will have the unwavering perseverance that your sneaker had. And one day, when I become the perfect pebble, just smooth and heavy enough to sail down sidewalks on my own, I know it was because of eleven precious blocks of life you gave me. And one day, when I too grow from pebble to kicker, I hope you'll still glance every so often at that patch of grass I sailed to, until you'll see me there, standing, finally, ready to travel eleven perfect city blocks, walking next to you. You know what surprised me most? How bright it was. People always expect me to control that sort of thing. But I made a lot of humans, and anything big enough will start to create its own weather. I'd hoped for rain, but it was bright. What a stupid pun. Humans gave me sun when I lost my son. Humans are notoriously bad poets. I'd hoped for clouds, which incidentally were also created by humans. It was the first way Adam and Eve ever learned how to cover themselves. Back then, in the First Testament, I was tough. I was the kind of arrogant that only comes with a god who still thinks he can control the weather. By the Second Testament, well, grief can change a galaxy. I created the universe in seven days, but it took me more than a billion to create something as holy as a child. And at the crucifixion, when the sun was brilliant, it was all so surprising. I'm omnipotent. How can I lose anything? 
And then the resurrection was like the clouds. You had faith. He was water vapor. He disappeared after it rained. Do you know what a mockery your Bible is? That it only reminds me he's dead. That it says over and over, you are the only God. I am the only God. I'm so lonely. Create more gods like you create the clouds. Teach me how to control the weather, how to make sunshine, how to make a sun. I give you hope. I give you faith. I give you love. I give you life. Give me my son. Give him to me like I gave you air, like I built you to live on something you couldn't see. So I built you to live on faith. Create him. Like you created the sunshine that day. Because every time you call me the father, I wish I had a son. All right. I have for you guys, fresh off the press, awesome chapbooks, some of which are handwritten, titled, see, look, they're holding them up in the back, but no one's turning. Now everybody's turning. So um, these, <laughs> these chapbooks actually will go to support my one-woman show, which is not a slam poetry thing, but it's all about religious tolerance, and it's going around my neighborhood in Brooklyn, New York, which is where I am from, where there is a lot of religious warfare happening in my community, and so I'm going to synagogues and to churches around there trying to build more peace with this show. And so all of these chapbooks will go to supporting my show and eventually peace, hopefully. These pills do not look like the morning. These pills do not look like after. These pills make me a Starbucks bathroom priestess. Found my scripture on a Sunday night. Condom break. CVS pilgrim. Two pills tithe. Starbucks bathroom prayer. The first sign that you were going to be a tragedy was how you managed to pass your 25th birthday without knowing how to unhook a bra. Nope. It's not an unusual kind of bra. You know what is unusual? Your penis. And by unusual, I mean exceptionally small. I thought you'd engraved our story, but it was just in the fog on the mirror. It faded. I'm left with my reflection. I look older. More educated. Pharmacists hand out these pills like diplomas. The second sign that you were going to be a tragedy was that your hipster haircut made you look like Peter Pan if Peter Pan had stopped aging at the most awkward moment of puberty. <laughs> Taking two pills is not a political act. Taking two pills is turning a sink into an altar. I am a faucet gospel toilet paper praise poem for these two tiny life rafts. This privilege... This choice, the third sign, was that you looked just like your sperm, brainless. You left me in a Starbucks bathroom, like all those girls who lost all those men who were so scared of the word father. We iron our palms together. We pray, please work. 
I'm not ready. Please work. I'm not ready. I'm so young. Because in this mirror, I look solid. Life carves the holes in us that wisdom can shine through. I'm still walls. A door makes a house. I can't be a home yet. When I make jokes about your microscopic penis, what I mean is that your imperfections made me love you more. What I mean is that I didn't know if I was going to name it after you. What I mean is that I would have made you my breath. The last I felt of your weight was a pill in each hand. They are not stigmata. They are wood. Two planks can make a cross, but I will make a bridge. Please work. I'm not ready. Please work. I'm not ready. All right, I just got one more poem for you guys. It was such a pleasure to be here. I have to say my whole stay in Bellingham has been wonderful. Like truly, you guys, the city is doing something really right. Like the bus driver was kind. Everybody is so kind here and it has been an honor to be here with you. So thank you for all, for anything you're getting in the audience. I am just loving this experience up here way more. So. So thank you for for listening to me and for being here. <clears throat> Honey is the only food that can survive thousands of years and stay edible. Honey outlasts Twinkies. There must be a drop of honey on a tree somewhere old like Germany that has seen more twisted faces and broken limbs than any horror story could invent and yet it is still as sweet as the day it was born this is a clue left by god back when he thought the world still spoke in poetry check this out God says to his angels, the sweetest food on earth lasts the longest. How tight is that metaphor? <laughs> they found, they found prehistoric bugs fossilized in honey because the bugs must have wanted to baptize themselves in the only thing sweet enough to be God's love on this earth. We're not lost. The earth is covered in pushpins with labels like honey, get it? Printed on maps, read by lovers who say, honey, are we lost? Without realizing, they are really saying, you are so gorgeously made so exquisitely crystallized that even in a thousand years you will be as perfect as you are right now. We are impermanent. We barely make it through bullies, through three goldfish dying, 
through broken plates, through broken wrists, and when the injustice of life is higher than the trees, a thousand years will pass, and there will still be a drop of honey resting on a branch, screaming like God, the world is still sweet! The world is still sweet! Antonio Lassar, ladies and gentlemen, keep it going, keep it going. All right, now stop. Poetry night.